children of God. How did we become children of God? It happened, as we know, on the day of our baptism. And I would argue, sometimes I talk about this when I do baptism, the day of our baptism is, is actually more important than the day of our birth. You think about it, our, our birth, you know, we've already been in existence for nine months, and even the day that we start breathing air, I mean, that day could be moved up, you know, that it, we're still the children of our parents. But the day of our baptism, we become a child of God, like, and we're all witnesses watching this. And we enter into the family of God, that we're given the grace to live forever. Do, do you see kind of the, the difference there, the distinction? That the day of our baptism, we're given divine life. Today on Pentecost, we celebrate the gift of the Spirit that Jesus gives us, that Jesus doesn't want to merely be standing over here, just hanging out with us. But he wants union with us. He wants to be in us. He wants to transform our lives from within. That we can, in a sense, become his presence very, in a very real way with his divine spirit within us. And, and so Pentecost, the day in which the disciples, they're, they're given the Holy Spirit, that then they, they go out. And so you and I, we're invited, we're called, we're sent out, but only with the Spirit of Jesus with us, compelling us, moving us, loving others through us, but first and foremost, loving us. And so I want to mention, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but these three words of relationship, identity, and mission, that, that we see these Disciples sent out on mission today. But that mission is third. That it begins with the relationship we have with God. That you and I create, are created by God. Willed by God. That in baptism we become the sons and daughters of a father who loves us. And so my, my relationship is, you know, yes, I am the son of my parents. And that tells me who I am. I'm a son because of my parents. That I'm a son of God because of the love of the Father. The Father loves me. He pours out his spirit, the spirit of Jesus. So the, the Father looks at me and sees the image of his son. And so from my relationship with God comes my identity. Does that make sense? And, and from my identity as a son of God filled with his spirit, that now I'm sent out on mission. But, but it happens in that way. And, and something that's beautiful about that relationship we have with God, we have a relationship with God that no other creature has. When you and I were created, you could say, you know, we, we are fallen and so we sin. And so in the order of creation, in a sense, because of our sin, that the angels are higher than us. 
Makes sense. They're closer to God. However, because of our baptism, we've been given the divine spirit of God. And so now, all of a sudden, our dignity is higher than the angels. The angels who look on the face of God, the angels who have never sinned, that you and I, in our weakness and fallenness and in our sin, have a dignity that's higher than the angels. Does that make sense? Because of our baptism. And it's a dignity that we can't lose. We can reject, just like we can reject our own parents. But why would we do that when God wants to give us so much? But it's because of who we are by our our baptism, by the gift of the Spirit given to us. And and it can't be taken away. Here's an analogy. Uh, The royal family. What if if you were in school with, with Prince William when he was younger, right? What if, he, what if I was in junior high with him or something, you know? And maybe I was smarter than him. Maybe I was better at sports. You know, I could uh, ride horse and drink tea with the best of them. You know, maybe, um, maybe I was holier, you know, than him. But he is the one who's second in line to the throne, not me. Like, I can't change that. That, that, that because of who he is... He is second in line to the, the, the throne of England. And I can't receive that. By analogy, you and I have a dignity and a seat waiting for us in heaven that's, that we can't lose. It's, it's our dignity. It's our, it's our right. Our, but it's our, a gift given to us by the Father. Does that make sense? I, and so... Prince William has it because of his DNA. Our DNA, if you will, is Jesus within us. And so our goodness comes because the father looks at us and he sees his son. It's not because of what we do. And I I know we don't really, I think we do believe this. I hear this a lot from students, right, that, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? They'd say, well, I've, I'm a good person. I've done a lot of good things. But St. Paul tells us today, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. On the contrary, you are in the spirit. That me getting into heaven is not about how much good I've done. It's about my DNA. It's because I have the spirit of Jesus within me. And the Father wants to draw me to himself. And so it doesn't matter what I've done or not done. And it doesn't matter how much bad I've done or not done. That's not what gets me into heaven. It's being the beloved son and daughter of a father who who couldn't stand the thought of being apart from me for eternity. That his plan for all eternity is to draw us to himself that we might share in his divine life. And Pentecost gives us that spirit. Where do we see this echo and see, see this as true? I see that in, in the story of the prodigal son, right? That the son, he really doesn't do that many good things. He, he calls his father, you know, you're dead to me. He takes the money and he wastes it. 
It says he, he loses it on a life of, um, with prostitutes. So he, he, he's exercising his sexuality in all sorts of ways against what his father wanted. And he finds himself with the pigs, which is abhorrent in Jewish culture to think about. And yet the moment he turns to his father, his father runs to him with joy. And I think us students, a lot of times we, we look at our lives and we feel inadequate, we feel unholy, we feel not good enough. Or if, if people knew what I did or how I use my sexuality, they wouldn't like me. And the father's like, no. You are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, and no amount of dirt, no amount of distance, no amount of mistakes, no amount of choices, could take away that dignity or my love for you. That remains. And it's because of this day, because of Pentecost, because of the gift of the Spirit that we've been given. And so, maybe, maybe this summer hasn't been that great. Maybe we haven't been as connected to God as we kind of hoped. Or maybe... The people we've been hanging out with or the choices we've been making, maybe they're not what we were thinking would happen. It doesn't matter. That the spirit we've been given, as as St. Paul reminds us today, where we can cry out, Abba, Father, that that does not change. And and like the prodigal son, the invitation is simply to turn and, and to be reminded of our dignity. You know, when the father puts a ring on his finger, he's reminding him of his DNA. That you are my son. And no amount of dirt or distance or mistakes could change that. Let me remind you of that. And so our invitation, we who've been given the spirit of God, is simply to turn to him. And sometimes we don't even have the words for it. You know, if we were to read on in Romans at chapter 8 today, it says that the Spirit intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. You ever ever go to pray and you're like, I don't don't know how to pray. I, I don't know how to pray. I sit there and it just, I feel distant from God and I feel like maybe I'm doing it wrong or something. It's okay. You, we can't pray wrong because the Spirit is interceding for us. It's just like Jesus says that that the face of our guardian, our, the, our guardian angels look on the face of God. That even if my face is turned the other direction, my guardian angel is facing God, interceding for me. And so my invitation is, is, I, is just to turn to the Father and, and to say, God, and, and the groanings, I, you know, there's times in my life where I prayed with groanings, where I'm just like maybe frustrated or just burdened or annoyed. And it's just kind of like, like, God, what the heck? That's a prayer. That's a heartfelt prayer from a son, a daughter who's going through a difficult time and is going to the one who wants to hear from us the most. The one who knows it already and who loves us and waits for us. Because like the prodigal son, he's not, God's not waiting for a perfect life. He, he's not waiting for an accountability report, all those things you did wrong. He, he's not waiting for an apology. He's waiting 
for us. He doesn't want those things. He wants us. That, that his heart is moved with joy when he looks at us. And as we go to him, anything that steals our joy, he wants to listen to and help heal and redeem. He wants to remind us of our dignity that we have not lost. And he wants to give us even more. Like the son had already received his inheritance, and yet the father puts sandals on his feet, a robe around his shoulders, a ring on his finger, kills the fattened calf, throws a party for him. How much more our Heavenly Father wants to give us. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That what waits us is not merely an earthly throne or position or glory or riches, but an eternal home, an eternal treasure. And in the eternal love of a God who's never stopped loving us. Why? Because we are his children. <laughs>